everybody. Welcome. This is Sara Contreras, and this is my podcast, Freak of Nature. And if anybody remembers, uh, I started this uh, Freak of Nature uh, brand practically about, uh, I'd say about a year ago. I kind of got the idea that I wanted to talk about being someone who is, you know, African nature, because so those of you who are not following me, please follow me on Instagram, Latin Diva Comedy, and um, on Sara Contreras Comedian on Facebook. So here we go, my first, actually second podcast, and I'm thinking to myself, gee, what do I want to talk about? Let's, what's going on? Oh my God, there's a quarantine. So I said, you know what, let's, let's, let's deal with this quarantine in a positive way instead of looking at all the negatives. Because it's real easy to get negative, man, with everything that's going on. And one of the things that I've tried to do is, is stay positive. So I try to find different ways. And those of you who know, know that I whipped out two fabulous sweaters. Yes, I'm still bragging about my sweaters. But that was a lot of work. And that was my way to stay negative, uh, positive. So... I was thinking about just conversations that I've had with uh, several of my wonderful women friends. And what I've noticed is that everybody will say to me, how are you getting along so well? Like, I'm happy during this, I mean, relatively happy with this uh, lockdown. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in the house with my wonderful, wonderful partner, uh, Alex, for those of you who know him. And... Yeah, it's been four weeks and like we haven't had a fight yet. And I'm like, what's up with that? Why are we not fighting? So that's what got me thinking. Like, you know, as someone who's as seasoned as I am, it's important, I think, to share the little bits of knowledge and the little bits of wealthy, wonderful experience that might help someone not necessarily avoid, because I do think you have to make mistakes to learn from them, but maybe make them a little bit more palatable and go in armed. When the situation does come up, you're armed with a little bit of perspective from someone who's been through it. So the thing that came up over and over was that we communicate so much better than we did five years ago when we first met. You know, um, we just did the census recently and, you know, I call Alex my husband and, and in every sense of the word he is, except that we haven't legally gotten married. So we did the census and it was cute because I actually discovered what he's considered according to the census. He is my opposite sex unmarried partner. He's my OSUP because I love me an acronym. So I'm going to talk about my OSUP throughout this experience. Um, like I said, um, one of the things that has to happen in any type of situation, but particularly in a quarantine where you are smooshed up in a tight area, is that you have to be able to listen actively, Right. We all know that sometimes people listen, but they're not really listening. When someone's saying something, they're kind of just preparing their response or their comment without in any way internalizing what they just heard. And they're ready to pounce. And that's what they think is active listening. That's not. And that's not communication. Right. If it's someone that you value and if it's someone that you really feel is worth putting the effort into working on that relationship, you've got to be an active listener. Okay. And then I'll give you the example of my OSUP. My OSUP lived in upstate New York when I met him. We met on eHarmony. That's right. It works. So we met on eHarmony. And, you know, he should have just moved in with his damn suit. He should, the first time we met, he should have just showed up with a suitcase. Because that's the way the brother is. I like this. I'm staying here. So I didn't know that. And I realized that after we started, you know, spending more time together. 
So we had been together for, I don't know, maybe six months before we knew that we were going to stay together. And I said, well, why don't you just start bringing clothes in? This man shows up with a bag of sweaters. Yo, it was like he started pulling one sweater out. Ah, uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Another one. Mm, yeah, honey, I, I don't know. Nope. It was like, nope, hell no. What part of no don't you understand? And I made him swear. Like he stood there with and took an oath. I made him put his hand up that he would never bring anything with a snowflake or antlers into my house again. But the funny part was that my son walked in that night and he was like, oh, these sweaters are dope. Because that was all the rage in H&M and The Gap. So there you go. But the point is, it wasn't easy at first. We definitely had our knockdown dragouts, but the both of us knew that the relationship was worth working on. And we did. And one of the things that we definitely worked on was communication. Now, we're stuck in a house. We're fortunate. We have a home that has a little bit of space. I grew up in the projects. I know what it's like to live in a tight quarter. I get that. It's not always easy. All the more reason why that uh, communication has to be right. Let's face it. Your home is your sanctuary right now. And for these fools who have not grasped that concept, that is the safest place for you to be right now. I actually uh, spoke to someone who I hadn't spoken to since the beginning of all of this. Sadly, Seven of nine members of her family, they don't all live in the same apartment, but she has two beautiful buildings. And so her family is spread out among those buildings. They've gotten sick because one person allowed a cousin to stop by over and visit. You cannot let that happen. Your home is your sanctuary. Anybody who has seen me on Facebook has seen me kissing my grandchild, my grandchildren through glass. I have not touched my daughter or my son, and I won't until this is over, or at least until we have more information about a vaccine or something that works. That is another topic for another podcast. But here's the thing. Alex and I are working. Why? Because we are making sure that we are communicating what we need from one another. He gets it. He knows. I am not able to go out as much as he does because he's seven years younger than me. Wow! <laughs> Y'all know, don't call me a cougar. I want to be thought of as an owl. So he basically allows me to compare what I have now with what I had when I was married. I got married when I was 23. By the time I left in 1995, okay, I was worn out. Worn out. Why? We went into this marriage young. We were 23 years old. We were first starting out. We were getting our degrees, building up towards this gigantic American dream that we were struggling for. And here's what happens in many, many situations. Now, I'm going to talk about our heterosexual relationship. Um, and I know it's not going to be the same for a lot of people, but this was what most of the women that I speak to go through. I had a full-time job. He had a full-time job. But it was always, honey, can you help me? Can you help? I need help with the babies. I need help with the floor. I need help with this, that, or the other. That's the first problem that we make, the first problem that we have, the first mistake that we make in a situation where you are living with someone. We are quick to use the word help. Now, let's just look at the meaning of the word help. Help is when you make something easier for the other person, which implies that it is that person's duty to fulfill that task. You're just there to help them out. 
Now, let's look at the word union. Marriage is the intimate union and equal partnership of a man and a woman. And of course, like I said, I am only addressing a heterosexual situation. More power to you if you are in a same-sex marriage. You are probably going to go through the same types of problems. So this is for you guys as well. Okay? So we have to watch the way we talk to our partners because you're not helping. You're parenting if you're asking be involved if I'm asking you to be involved with the children. Okay. I used to do it all the time. And you would say to me, well, I got to babysit them. Excuse me. I'm not paying you $6 an hour. That's what it was back then. I'm not paying you $6 an hour. You are parenting. And I remember that it was always this chore and it was always this, this process of trying to convince the person that they were supposed to be involved. Dude, you're in this. This is your family. Okay. It shouldn't be can you help? It needs to get done. Okay. So the first thing that I would say is that language, that language is the language that we have been taught to be, to use. Let's face it. It's a patriarchal society. We have been taught to think that way. So we have to actively watch the way that we are talking to our mates, whatever, whoever they are, as opposed to, can you help me? How about this needs to be done? We need to finish this. The house cannot become a better place if this is not done. How do we get, how do we get this done? Because I know for a fact I was worn out by the end of my marriage because I had to now finish my day of work and then come home and be, I would say about 90% responsible for the rest of what was being done in the house. And I will never forget that when we were in therapy, the therapist asked me once, um, we had a big fight in therapy, my ex-husband and I, about who was the head of the household. I thought I was. And he, we had, oh, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the head of the household. And I was like, okay, pop quiz, bro. What's the pediatrician's name? When did the babies get inoculated last? Who has our health insurance, our life insurance? Uh, you take care of all that. Where is the policy? Where is it physically in this house? Didn't have an answer for all of that. I was the head of household, but somehow that was a threat to him. So therefore, you have to recognize that a lot of it does fall. I'm sorry. It does fall on the woman. It most definitely does. And we are the ones that are asked to choose. We are the ones that are asked to make choices about our career. Gloria Steinem said it beautifully back in the day. She said, I have yet to hear a man say that he's having a, a, a problem or he's challenged balancing his career with his children. That is something that befalls women in the workplace. So the first thing we need to do is get that notion of you are helping your, your, um, your woman. If you are a guy and you're listening to this, you're not helping, bro. You need to pick yourself up and make yourself an equal partner in that home. And maybe your wife won't be ready to bounce the first chance that she gets after 20 years, because that's what happened. I couldn't take it. I was exhausted. And then I wasn't even getting credit for the work that I was doing. Uh-uh, it's not going to work that way. Okay. So, you know, I'm bringing this up because again, I have had that experience. And since I left my husband in July of 1995, uh, so that's 20 years later, I met my Opa, Osap. <laughs> 
And for two years, and I've had, look, I had some long-term relationships in between. I, I had two six-year relationships in those 20 years. And then, well, I had two six years. And I've never lived with anyone but my OSUP and my ex-husband. So um, I did live with someone for two years. He lived with me, but those two years with that dumbass don't count. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about, too. <laughs> Dave. Anyway, we had some kind of weird online porn addiction. But anyway, listen, if you're going to help someone, you help them lift the heavy sofa. That's helping because that person can't lift that heavy sofa alone. They need you to help them with that heavy sofa. But I don't need help raising my kids. I need another parent who says this is just as much my responsibility as it is yours. And I do feel like women have to carry a little bit more. Let's face it. We carry the damn things. <laughs> we carry them babies. So everybody that goes, that is 50, 50. it's not 50-50 in that sense. It's 51-49. A lot of people think I'm totally wrong about this. But I will always say, especially with mixed situations, that the child is the mom, really, because you share blood. And that's just how I feel about it. My, my baby, the first thing my baby heard inside of me was my heartbeat. So I'm sorry, I'm going to take 51% credit for that. <laughs> but anyway, so that was the first part of it. Um, there are things that need to get done and you need a new partner getting them done. That's what makes a successful marriage. The second thing that I wanted to mention is um, this whole notion. I, it kills me when I hear women say this. Oh, I was home with the baby for the first year and then I went back to work. Really? What were you doing when you were home with the baby? That seems like a lot of work. Listen, I did it for 15 months. I did it for 15 months after my daughter was born and it was work. But you know what? We had the best. Those were the 15 months where we were the happiest in our marriage because our, our roles were clearly defined. He knew he brought home the money and I took care of the baby and I had everything ready for him when he got home. And that was perfect. You're not going back to work. You are going back to work for pay. That's the difference. Okay. You are not going back to work. You've been working all this time. Stop saying that ladies. We have to stop saying that. I mean, think about it. People get paid to do that for the wealthy. They need someone to drive those children, take care of those children's meals, take care of those children's clothes, read to those children, make sure that those children are safe, drive those children around to appointments, make sure that they're polite and they have manners and they're finishing their homework. People pay, um, I don't know, three grand a week sometimes. So factor that out, three grand a week times 52. Last time I checked, that's over $150,000 that your husband or your partner isn't paying you. So you have, you're just going back to work for pay. Now, at least you're getting paid for all the work that you're doing. Let's face it. So what do we do about all this? Okay. What do we do about this mess? How do we change the language that we use in the home to be able to communicate your needs, what you need from your partner better? Okay. That's really the, the chore. That's the, the quest that we're on. Um, you know, I'm going to be talking about this in podcasts going down the road because People do share, women and, and men. You know, again, this is, I don't think this is a strictly a female issue. For me, it is. I'm, obviously, I was the woman in a heterosexual relationship. And overwhelmingly, this is a complaint that I hear from women and why it sabotages many, many marriages and partnerships. So 
How do we do it? We have to look at the language that has been used. We have to tackle that and we have to say, it's not a me or a you, it's an us, right? So what do you think, honey? My producer is here. My OSUP is here. And we're going to ask this man to give me some input on this. What would you say? You're a man. That's right. Get over here, OSUP. Come over here and tell me what you think. Because Well, I I personally, uh, I think it's in, just like you said, it's uh, equal. Everything's equal. It's not, um, can you do uh, this or can you do that? It's doing it. It needs um, to get done, correct? It needs to get done. That's it. It and needs to get done. So let's just get it done. Now, I'll give you a great example. Uh, the other day, Sarah needed to go to CVS. Uh, we needed to go to the store. And I said to her, you know, you stay home. I'll do it. Let me go do the shopping. She stayed home. She did some cleaning. There are other times where I'll cook or she'll cook. There are other times I'm cleaning the house. Well, she's writing her scripts or, or working on, 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 a, on a screen, you know, screenwriting, a screenplay. A, a screenplay. Uh, so it, it does have to be equal. I see a lot of guys out there that's all about them. And, you know, you go to their house, they're hosting a party. The woman is doing everything. The woman is changing the diaper of the child. The woman is cooking. The woman is doing all the cleaning while the husband is there sitting down on his ass entertaining everyone it should be equal equal guys come on let's get to it and now you guys realize now you ladies understand why i was like that's a keeper keeper. alex is the rare gem that understands that i have a lot of responsibilities i come with a fully loaded package man i've been doing this a long time so he gets it he understands that he, you know, look, let's face it. We are Latinos. There's a certain machismo in our culture that we certainly should address. But we are not, that's one of the things that I talk about in Freak of Nature. We are not our mama's children. Like, we are not our moms. We are our moms because I'm putting everything in my bra lately. And, and that's definitely something that I saw my mother do. I don't know what happened. You turn a certain age, all of a sudden everything's going in your bra. Mira un tornillo, mira un clavo, mira un martillo. Everything is going in the bra. Um, so we definitely have those strains of what our culture looked like a generation earlier. But we are far too educated and progressive and multifaceted and complex to allow that to happen. And if you are in that type of situation, it's not about bouncing. It's about letting your partner know, listen, this has got to be an equal partnership. It's got to. Okay. So what are you good at? Are you better at cooking? Because I can cook, but my man is a professional chef. So I'll be damned if I'm knocking myself out to try to compete with that. But we find what we enjoy and then we you know, we balance that with each other so that he doesn't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel overwhelmed. We both work. We both work. So why is it that I have to be the one that has to come home and take care of things or even for him? You know, if he was doing all the cooking and the cleaning and everything else, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the point is we have to watch the language that we use in the home, particularly with this quarantine. You will make yourselves nuts if you are going to keep doing what you were doing if you were doing that before. 
there has to be more of an equal partnership um, with balance, right? If if you're the one going out and you're coming back, then you know what? That house better be clean. That meal better be waiting for me, whether it's a guy cooking it, whether it's a woman cooking it. But why would that person have to then come home and first have to start making a sandwich or cooking something, heating something up when someone's been home all day? Yeah, I'm going to be annoyed about that. But if both of you are home and and uh, or both of you are working and coming home, you know, we have to start tackling this language that we're using that, quite frankly, you know, again, has been internalized because of a patriarchal system. But we are smart enough to identify it, just like Fauci says. We're identifying it, we're isolating it, and now we're going to fix it. With him, it's contract tra- trace. Um, that's the whole point. You know, we, we're, we're able to identify it. And if that's not something that you have identified, I hope that this podcast does this for you. If it opens up an eye that goes, you know what, damn, I never thought about that. Why do I say help me? Don't do that anymore, guys. Again, just use the language that makes it a uh, partnership that makes it a joint experience. <laughs> well, there's a joke in there somewhere, but we're not going to talk about joints. That's another podcast. <laughs> the point is, we have to use a language that is more cooperative. We need to use language that engages the other person without threatening them, without making them feel defensive. And we have to use it in a way that is constructive and eventually gets the job done. I am a psycholinguist. That's that's what I tell everybody. What do you call yourself? Yeah, I'm a speech therapist. I'm a comic. I'm a writer. I'm a psycholinguist. Anybody who knows me, I love language. I love the power of language. Words are so powerful. And you all, you guys all know that, right? One word could just shatter a person's day. And the words that we use in our relationships are going to be what makes it last or it's going to be what is going to destroy it. So I hope that this uh, podcast has been able to have some type of positive impact on people being quarantined. And, um, you know, I am excited to be sharing what little pearls of wisdom I do have as someone who's lived a little bit longer than a lot of you guys. Just a little bit. You know, but that's what makes me a freak of nature. And that's why this podcast is going to be um, ongoing. And I hope that everybody does uh, follow me on Latin Diva Comedy on Instagram, um, Sara Contreras Comedian on Facebook, and uh, go to my website. I'm going to put some new stuff up on saracontreras.com. And be on the lookout for Freak of Nature, because this is something that a lot of people were excited about. I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the podcast, but Freak of Nature originated as a one-woman show that I performed uh, portions of in Chicago in October and on the Salsa Cruise, uh, GoSalsaCruise.com, in uh, in December. And it was so well-received. Everybody who watched it, I mean, honestly, it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life because women... And men, but a lot of women were coming up to me like with tears in their eyes and saying, oh, my God, that was so inspiring. And you're making me understand that just because I'm 60 or I'm 63, I'm going to go back to school and finish that life, that degree that I started. Or, you know, I'm going to go back to dating online. I'm not giving up. And because one of the things we talk about is that you got to keep listening. But anyway, 
um, it, it's something that I was really excited about. I had a lot of people interested in bringing it on to a national uh, tour and then coronavirus hit. So that's the least of my worries right now. I am totally concerned with the state of um, emergency that we're in. I wish everyone safety. I hope everyone is following uh, safe uh, social distancing, which should have been called physical distancing from the beginning and is doing their share. Remember, this is about all of us. Anyone who thinks that this is that they have the right to call out. Oh, what, this is nonsense. I really I mean, I posted it today on Facebook and I got really great feedback from people. You know, you, you're worried about you should be able to control what goes what happens with your body. These are the same people that are telling women what to do with their bodies. So I have a real problem with the hypocrisy. But try not to be political. That's my next topic. <laughs> Thank you, producer. <laughs> That's my OSA producer, who I adore. You know what? It took it took all this time. I found true love at 57. Yeah, 56. So don't give up. It's out there. And and again, you know, it's about mold, not molding, but just, yeah, kind of molding into each other. It's not one person who's saying this is my way and you come along. So, guys, until next time, I am thrilled to have finished my first film podcast. <laughs> Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Sara Contreras, Freaking Nature, signing off.